Welcome back to Travolta, covering Bolt, with special guest, Ange Gardner. Enjoy the episode. All right, we're recording. Bolt. 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 It's a bolt move, It's Jeff. a bolt move talking about this movie. Thank you, folks, for joining us on this week's episode of Travolting, and thank you for listening last week to our episode on Hairspray. Hairspray. What a wild one that was. Yeah. Look what they've done to my boy. <laughs> <laughs> they massacre my boy. Uh, Stuart, you kind of went off about that. Um, an episode we've definitely already recorded. Yes, <laughs> Definitely. But this week, we're not talking about Hairspray. We're not talking about Edna Turnblad. We're not talking about race relations in the ni- early 1960s. We're talking about the 2008 animated motion picture, Bolt. Bolt. Starring, of course, John, John Travolta. Travolta. And we're joined today by a good friend. Miley Cyrus. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Miley, <laughs> for coming on. <laughs> I was going to say, my first thought watching this movie was John Travolta was cast perfectly. I could not think of a worse person to cast than Miley Cyrus. She sounded like she was 25. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about it, but she was not originally cast in that role. By the way, it's Ange Gardner. Yes, Ange Gardner. It's not, Miley it's not actually Miley Cyrus. Oh, shit. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> uh, Miley, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she wasn't originally uh, the 15-year-old girl? No. She, was she a pigeon? They, <laughs> yeah, I guess Miley was one of the pigeons originally. She's like, I know this dog. I know this dog. <laughs> That's more Brittany. But. <laughs> Great. Um, cool. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is not a Pixar movie. This, no, is, this is a is, Walt Disney this motion. This is a Walt Disney animated motion picture. picture. Motion picture. Yeah. Um, and it's actually a very fascinating one in the history of Walt Disney Animation Studios. Yeah. Lay it on us. Ooh, jumping right into the context, context corner. corner. No, no, uh, no build up this time. We are on a crunch. Let's That's right, it. folks. We're having some equipment malfunctions. <laughs> Pushed us back a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully you're hearing this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. Where this movie picks up with Walt Disney Animation Studios is they had their renaissance period during mm-hmm. the 90s, when which like started with Little Mermaid and kind of ran through roughly like the Hercules Tarzan era in 2000. Incredible. Mm-hmm. After that, there was some you know creative shift up uh, mix ups in Disney. Frank Wells had passed away. Michael Eisner was going a little crazy in oh. charge of Disney. Yeah. Um, and it kind of led to a ring a string of flops in the early 2000s. Like you, the movies that might be good but did terribly in the box that office. That was Treasure Planet, right? Yeah, Treasure, Treasure Planet, Planet Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Brother Bear, Home on the Range. Ugh. By the way, all good movies. Great movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What hap- but so then why were they failures? They wanted to move out. I mean, this is what I know because I've read a lot about this, is that mm-hmm. they wanted to transition out of this 2D animation into the 3D animation we see in Bolt. And so they had these incredible tra- projects planned and they were supposed to be bigger. Like, um, a lot of those movies had sequels planned. Mm. And they just, um, I believe it was Michael Eisner, I don't know for a yeah. fact, was just kind of like, we're done. We're going to kind of release these in February against movies that they, like, we're going to make them not do well to make us move into 3D animation, getting rid of our 2D animation. It was a big move and a move that did need to be made, but it could have been made in, it could have been made gracefully and it made yeah. sure that it was not. And their their only success during that period was Lilo and Stitch. That was their only major success. And I think if they could have had their way, it wouldn't have been successful. Exactly. Which is why around that time, if 
you know, we all grew up in this period. Yeah. We remember Lilo and Stitch was everywhere. They did three sequels to that movie. There was a TV show. <laughs> right. Like Stitch was like always on the pictures with Mickey Mouse because it was like their one success during that period in mm-hmm. the animation realm. Yeah. So they went really hard onto it, which leads into this movie, which was originally supposed to be directed by Chris Sanders, who did Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. And the original con- conception of this movie was that it was called An American Dog. What a great title. <laughs> what a great title. Well, it's American the beginning dog. of their, like, they have these incredibly uh, in- complex titles, and then it's, like, one word, uh, an adjective. It's, like, yeah. we hit, got tangled, we got frozen, we got uh, brave, and bolt. Yes. They start shifting into, and part of the reason for, like, frozen and tangled was to have a gender-neutral title. Because mm. the princess, which, this happens after bolt, but the princess and the frog didn't do great at the box office. And the you know the great suits at Disney were like clearly it didn't do well because it has princess in the title and boys don't want to see that, mm-hmm. uh, which is why they went for tangled and frozen. It's a more gender neutral word mm-hmm. that doesn't have a specificity, so they could try and attract young boys and girls. Wow! There was a uh, whole study on it. It's that the thirteen year old boy in the family picks the movie because the dad will watch whatever, the mom will watch whatever, and the little girl doesn't really get a say because the the b- brother will really pick it because he's got a louder voice. The thirteen year old boy picks the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's more inclined to pick the movie called Frozen than The Princess and the Frog. I just want to point out here that I'm getting, like, double context corner here. <laughs> Stuart, Stuart like, you were being cornered by the context cornered corner. by the context of this. <laughs> yes. yeah, Stuart has exactly two super nerdy brunettes who spend yeah. way too much time reading. And it's yeah. like, let's get them both on the yeah. mic. And this is this is why we brought Anjan for this episode. Because she obviously has a lot of information and a lot of knowledge about this period and about the animation history of the I time. I was. I think I saw this. I was thinking about it when we were watching it. 2008, I would have seen this in theaters. I was moving. Mm. And so I think I was. they were getting me out of the house a lot. My sister was six. So I think I remember seeing this movie in theaters. And I was a big Miley Cyrus fan at the time. I remember seeing this in theaters. And Stuart, do you want to know something crazy? I think this is the first John Travolta movie I ever saw. Really? I think this is the first... I mean, it was everyone's introduction, right? Cause because, like, I would have been roughly like 11 or 12 at the time, and... Well, mine was our friend Martin. Oh, mine our was... friend Martin. <laughs> our friend Martin was my first John Travolta experience. Mine, mine would have been Hairspray, I will be honest. But I remember seeing this movie, and I was amazed how much of it came back to me when yeah. I was watching it. I, I felt the same way. I probably haven't watched it since 2009, because mm-hmm. I did have the DVD as a kid. Oh, yeah. Wow. You had the Blu-ray, right? The DVD. Oh, poor. I was a late transition to Blu-ray. Which, yeah. it, compared to the stewards staring at my shelves of Blu-rays Well, me. I see to the left we have DVDs, and to the right we have Blu-ray. You're an organized man. Thank you. Um, but I, I, my first Blu-ray was the Star Wars The Complete Saga set in 2011. Well, yeah. Which I got before I had a Blu-ray player, because I was like, clearly I need to just... This needs to be my jump in. Anyway, this is not the Blu-ray cast. I'm doing that tomorrow. It's uh, <laughs> a lie. But... You know, Chris Sanders, who had done Lilo and Stitch, Mm -hmm. this was going to be his follow-up titled An American Dog. Um, And he starts going into production with it. It's going to be 3D animated because Disney's setting up their 3D animation, as Andrew was saying. The first three are going to be Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, and uh, An American Dog. All which did great. I remember seeing Chicken Little in theaters. Chicken Little starring Zach Braff, which Uh. is very funny in hindsight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what happens right around this time Michael Eisner gets removed from the CEO position at Disney. Bob Iger steps up to it. And he's been there ever since, right? Yes. Well, he just retired recently. King. We love that um, And so he's running Disney at the time. His first order of business is to get Pixar back in the fold. Because this was, Pixar signed a 10-year deal with Disney. And it was up in 2005. And Pixar is pretty much looking to leave Disney and join another company. Cars was going to be their last Disney production. Wow. 
And Bob, and like their relationship with Michael Eisner was so bad at the time that it looked like that was the reality. Which, if you look in the history, you can find the Disney contingency plans for shitty sequels to all of the Pixar movies. Because they're like, we will still own the property, so we're going to have our own teams make Pixar sequels. And they did do that, I think. They almost did, except they got Pixar back. Because Toy Story 3... Definitely there was a second Cars movie that came out that was worse and like badly animated. But it was still Pixar, and it was directed by John Lasseter. That was his passion project, and it's maybe the worst Pixar movie. That's tough. Yikes. But they're like, the original Toy Story 3 pitch was Buzz Lightyear got recalled and the toys had to travel to Japan to rescue him. And there was like some shitty finding. What is with them in doing like Japan remix? Because that was Cars 3. They all had to go to Japan. And Toy Story 2. They're selling Woody to a museum in Japan. Yes. (laughs) They're all trying to get to Japan. Do they hate the Japanese? Are we uncovering that today? (laughs) But all those sequels got canceled because Bob Iger went to John Lasseter and said, we don't want to make a deal with Pixar. We want to buy Pixar and make you the head of animation at Disney. Hmm. That must so have been fun. They bought Pixar. John Lasseter's position in charge of animation of both Disney Animation Studios and Pixar. Wow. And that's how immediately at the fun thing about this, among many other things, I'm a I'm a big Disney animation nerd, especially this period with Pixar. But what's fascinating around this time is that when it looked like Disney wasn't gonna make the deal, Pixar went off and they're like, We don't have to deal with Disney anymore. Let's make whatever movies we want. Which is why the three movies following this deal are the most artistically, I would say, irreverent of Pixar's oeuvre. Because mm-hmm. it's um, Wally, Up, and I'm forgetting what the third is. Was it one. Brave? No, it's because it's no. Wally, it's Up. What immediately follows Cars? Um, is it Wally? Oh, Bugs Life? Monsters no. Inc.? No, uh, Pixar. Not Monsters maybe, University. Maybe it's just those two. Well, because do you guys remember they had the, the opening where it was like they sat down, Toy Story was just finished, and we wanted to talk about what we were going to do next, and that became Finding Nemo, uh, Bugs oh, Life. was oh, it Finding Nemo? Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Oh, so, my God. Because so, yeah, Cars was going to be their last we'll be Disney ones. And so Pixar was like, all right, we don't have to make aggressively... Com- because like even though the first six or seven Pixar movies are great, they are with like commercial products. Like Toy Story is about toys. That's something you can sell. Yeah. Bugs. Monsters. Finding Nemo is about a bunch of colorful fish. The Incredibles is a superhero movie. The three following that Pixar starts making when they don't think they're going to have a Disney deal are about a rat, <laughs> a robot that doesn't talk, <laughs> and an old man. That's well, true. And they all have people in them. Yes. They all have human beings animated yeah. in there, which I know in Toy Story there were like animated people, but yeah. very rarely on screen. Yeah, yeah, and that's mostly just as a, they had to. Yeah, right, they had to. And like, and it, it's not a mistake that those are three of the most celebrated Pixar movies. Right. Because yeah. the three they made when they're like, we don't have to make a product that Disney can sell. Well, and we're going to talk about that with in Bolt's critical yeah. reception that was nominated for an Oscar. Yes. What did get beat by? Wally. Wally. Yes. So. As it should have been, to be yes. fair. As watching, it should have been. Watching, watching, watching this Wally movie, is I better. don't... I yeah. got, if we're going to talk about the movie itself, and I really enjoyed watching it, but it was, I could see the beginning of their formula of like, I could tell exactly what toys they were going to sell. We've yeah. got fuzzy, easy bolt. We've got kind of, I could see the wire in the kitten. Yeah. And then like the fuzzy hamster in the ball with it. That's a toy. That yeah. You like a remote control. It's, I like so clearly saw that from an exact point of view. It's, it's toyetic as the, uh, <laughs> this is a industry term depressingly. Yeah. Toyetic. I mean, but, it makes sense. It's a kid's movie. To reel it back a little from Pixar, um, because I was getting on a tangent there. That's okay. Um, Walt, like John Lasseter, who is now he who must not be named, <laughs> unfortunately, ousted from Pixar and Disney for various allegations. 
Um, but he takes over Disney Animation Studios and Pixar, and he immediately goes back to Disney and says, we're going to get back to hand-drawn animation. This was a mistake to go wholly into CG. Uh, but he's like, what are we working on? What can we like not get away from? At that point, they'd already released Chicken Little. That's out. Meet the Robinsons is like a year out. So he gives some input on that, but there's nothing that can be really like super changed at that point. Mm-hmm. But Bolt is the one movie he's able to get his claws into before it becomes like the John Lasseter show, which is Princess and the Frog is the first thing he kind of, you know, incepted in Disney Animation Studios. Oh, yeah. And that was 2D. That makes yeah. sense. And so he looks at Bolt and he's like, all right, this movie has to be made, but I don't think it's working as it is. Um, so... He goes to Chris Tanner's like, you need to make some changes. I don't think this movie's really working. Chris Tanner says, no, I know how to make a movie. And John Lasseter says, cool, fired. <laughs> so Chris Tanner's is removed from the project. Wow. And who is brought in to direct it is Chris Williams and Byron Howard, who go on to do Tangle, Big Hero 6. Is that Bryce Dallas Howard's father? No, Ron Howard. Ron uh, Howard, my bad. Byron Howard, uh, two letters off. You were close. <laughs> I'll get them on. Uh, so the two of them are brought in to take this movie over. They restructure the plot. They restructure the, the ideas of the movie. I was wondering because it's short. It's only an hour 30. Yes. And I'm sure it was originally intended to be at least an hour 45. They must have cut stuff because I know they cut the dogfight in Vegas. Mm-hmm. They cut the dogfight in Vegas. They streamlined the story. It was streamlined. Uh, Boy, yeah. was it streamlined. Because this is essentially just the plot of Toy Story at the end of the day it's a very similar i was story. gonna say it's the plot of the odyssey but yeah 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 you, you said I your mean, thing this homer who it's the truman show plus toy story well because bolt is essentially just buzz lightyear thinking that he is a space ranger yeah and it's also uh a truman in like the tv show yeah. world like, well when did when did the truman life. show come out 95 yeah, i think there was earlier. there was a really big thing in like the late 90s early 2000s about people kind of trying to rediscover themselves and learning what they knew is no longer correct because we saw that in the 70s and the 80s so it makes sense that a lot of those children shows being made by people in their like 40s who were you know protesting vietnam maybe in the 70s learning like the world changed a lot 60 70 80 especially from what we understood of the 50s it makes sense that it's like the world I understood is not real. I mean, it's, it's right around the time of the Matrix. It's all about, you know, will you take the red pill or the blue pill, discover your reality is real. Also, Stuart, should I just be co-hosting the show with Ange? Because she, too, is also talking a lot about the history of the 70s in relation to John Travolta. Well, I'm happy to talk about the movie <laughs> so, from a filmmaker's perspective. That was my I mean, first thing when I saw it. There's a reason why I didn't take notes on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd be taking a backseat a little bit, which well, I think I is mean, nice comparatively to uh, not... Hairspray, which was last, which was last week, but the week before mm. Wild Hogs, which I took the reins on that you one took too. Like five pages of notes or something. Yeah, I mean, I'd so. really if what I want came in and wanted to talk about was the kind of the first half hour of the movie. Yeah, talking like poking a lot of fun. I thought it's specifically live production. Yeah, oh, it was yes. very obviously animators being like, "Here, look what we can do that you can't do." I felt nearly insulted when they were like. <laughs> We can do all of this stuff and we only do it once and the dog believes it. I'm like, there is no way you had all those cameras and all those stunts and nothing went wrong. And I know that because you can do it all at once in animation, you are making fun of me and it's hilarious. <laughs> it, it and I'm is. glad I watched it again. I never would have caught that when I was eight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
There's um, a boom mic. Oh, there's a boom mic. I know. And the, uh, the TV executive being like, if we go down half a rating point, this show is over. Or it's like, we're going to reintroduce a new actor for Alien with Aliens. Yeah. Like, the show totally goes off the rails. And in the we reconstructed Did anyone notice? My biggest thing that I noticed is that they were working on season five, episode 19. So they've been doing this for five seasons before. And that's exactly when shows go off the rails at the end of five seasons. I don't know yeah. if anybody else caught that on the big monitors. That is, that is a good observation. I did not catch that. Oh, <laughs> Um, but so this John Lasseter he replaces the director of this movie and he tells them you have 18 months to finish the movie oh great As instead of that's why they're making fun of live production because we could have gotten it done yeah. three <laughs> you have 18 months to finish the movie usually it's four years to make an animated film yeah. like this movie had already been in production so like it's not like they had to, but he's like you basically restart the movie and you have 18 months to finish it and they did it yeah and they, who do they who do they go to to play the lead character of Bolt, Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was considered. I was thinking uh, when I was listening to this, though. I don't know if I would have bought this movie as an adult if I didn't have a John Travolta voice because yeah. he sounds to me like a superhero. Yeah. Like when Bolt talks, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was gonna say the same thing because yeah, I read like the little trivia piece where like Tim Allen was considered, Arnold Schwarzenegger was considered. I am Bolt. <laughs> oh. but, like, I don't know about all that. I, I get it. It's like, you know, John Travolta still has purely in the vocal range, a young sounding voice. Yes. Yeah, that dog did not sound old. Yeah. That sounded like, that sounded like a 25 year old Allen, dog. If it's Tim Allen, that's a 12 year old dog. Yeah. But the thing that's perfect about John Travolta in this movie, um, and I want to jump to his context corner in just a second. Yeah. But he, like, we talked about this in Pulp Fiction. One of his great skills as an actor is that he's very good at being aloof. Yes. He's very good at being, like, kind of playing the, the fool. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's essential for this movie in that he has all this false confidence and bravado as the character of Bolt. And I'm going to get into a huge spiel about how this movie is really just about John Travolta's life. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm, re I'm ready for it. Uh... But, but he's, I think, perfect casting for this character. Definitely. That was my first thought. And where he's at in his career at this time, I talked about last week in Hairspray that Hairspray was kind of the success he needed even if it was also the way that basically ended his career, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Did it end his career? I think... I mean, I know we're not talking about Hairspray, but... But Hairspray was... We talked about last week yeah, that it's... Yeah, what Jeff said last week. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> but it's it's the movie that... Because he'd been on a string of failures on the downhill. He was, like, getting close to losing his A-list power. And Hairspray's the movie that, like, thrust him back into the public consciousness. Everyone's like, John Travolta's in this movie. He's pretty good. Hairspray's a big success. Problem is, once he plays Edna Turnblad in this movie, he can't. He's it's hard to take him seriously again. Well, to be fair, he's also older at this point, yes. right? Like he's how old is he in Hairspray? He's in his late forties. Yeah, and he's late forties for Bolt. I mean, I think I don't know. I think you'd be considered lucky to still be going at that yeah. time if you were a young star. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's also a highly honored role. I mean, I know it is like yeah. who wants to play a girl, but because girls suck, but. <laughs> That was a that only went to the very best on Broadway. Exactly, and that's where it hurts him in the film industry. The film industry is obviously a lot more uh, sexist. Well, and, not a lot more era. sexist. They just didn't know. Mm. The, the film and theater are pretty equal on how awful they are to women, but because, it was it like no one in film is going to watch that and be like, oh wow, what a good like yeah. what a good role for him. It's like that man looks like a girl. Yeah, exactly, and that's where people are like, 
ooh, the guy from Pulp Fiction, the serious actor, he's playing a woman in the street, and he becomes like, it's right around the time meme culture is also popping off. Oh, that poor thing. So John Travolta just kind of becomes a joke from Hairspray, even though he's good in it, and it's a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. and But he comes off of it, and it's hard to take him seriously. And everyone's like, John Travolta, didn't he just play a woman last year? And in some way, it's what derails his career. And that's why, you know, this is the last movie we're covering in the A-list era. This is. And something to go back to, like, the little quick hairspray bit, you know, th- this is a little reference to one of our earlier episodes, Wild Hogs. Yeah. I mean, you know, so that came we out covered, two weeks ago. We covered, we covered this with my dad. And it just something I want to point out as an observation was when we talked about the episode that what was going to air next week, which was hairspray. The first thing my dad said and get granted currently as it stands, my dad's 65. Um, so at 2007, he would have been like, is like yeah, forties range or something. The first thing he said when we mentioned, join us next week for hairspray is like, Oh, is that the movie where John Travolta does drag? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, it's it's tragic, and we've talked we talked about it last week, and we'll talk about it next week in our retrospective episode. But it's tragic that that's what kind of torpedo finally was like the final thing to knock the feet out from yeah. under him. And so when we come back to Bolt, this is the second of the three Disney, Disney productions, pr- yes. productions that John Travolta has been signed on. He, for. He's in the Disney he's in the Disney sphere at this point. Yeah. He's done Wild Hogs. He does this, and he's going to do Old Dogs. Is Wild Hogs Disney? It is. It's Disney. It's Touchstone Pictures, so it's like they're. It's an adult movie label. Oh, right, because they can't say it's Disney. I hear you. Yeah, but at the end of the movie, it does say, like, distributed by Walt Disney Motion Pictures, etc. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so they already had they already had his name in the system, and they're yeah. looking for people to play this dog. It's the perfect cast. Yeah. And then I definitely was sitting in the movie like, all right, that's Miley Cyrus. She's not doing what she needs to be doing. I can't wait for her to sing the end credits song. <laughs> and what happens when the end credits song comes on? It's a Miley Cyrus song. It's a Miley Cyrus John Travolta duo. It's I was going to say, that's and a, it kind of whips. Holy that's, shit. That, whips. That's, that's the other thing about it, too. It's like you cast two musical talents yeah. for this as well. And it's not a musical. It's I was not a musical, but there are soundtrack bits yeah. with this. Like but they don't have them the sing until the end credits. <laughs> well, I will but say, isn't there a middle road trip montage song? That, that, that they is not sung by either of them. No, oh, no, it's just right. kind of brought in, but it is a good song. I will. I would also like to just lay something on the table here. Um, I have cried for one book and one movie in my entire life. And I would not count this movie, but I did get choked up twice watching this movie. Ooh. And I don't know why i do have to uncover that when we get to those scenes you gotta let us know i kind of also did but for wrong reasons and we'll talk about it later got all choked up about john travolta didn't you no oh no it's the ending i wanted the ending to be different you wanted the ending to be different but we'll talk you didn't want the ending is there more context to fill in before we jump into the plot that's basically the extent of context miley cyrus is in this movie uh she was not cast originally i was positive margot robbie was playing the black cat just because i'm so used to hearing her new york accent and then when it was like this is not margot robbie i'm like well i don't know why i watched it (laughs) i don't know what the point was but so miley cyrus i mean hannah montana is huge at the time this movie comes out yeah disney wants to kind of extend her into their diaspora all over the place yeah yeah if, if um, disney could have their way they would cryogen- cryogenically freeze miley cyrus in like a cryogenic sleep chamber and then just like open her up and it's like all right time to voice another role kiddo <laughs> <laughs> but chloe grace moretz thank god that's not what happened <laughs> as penny in this movie yeah oh that would have been good and she voices the entire movie as penny oh she is replaced with miley cyrus late in the game 
but she still voices Penny in the opening scene. In the younger version. The young Penny at the beginning of this movie, like when she first gets Bolt, is oh. voiced by Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, because there's like, no way you can say... Miley Cyrus doesn't play as 15, much less 10. Yeah, and that's why I was really surprised when this movie ended, um, and I saw Chloe Grace Moretz as young Penny. I was like, really? Because I'm like, I feel like she was kind. She wasn't like big at this time, but she was starting to get some notoriety. And she would have become big. She would. She was big in like 2012. Yeah, it was because she's coming into Kick Ass and Dire of a Wimpy Kid and oh yeah, whatnot in the next year or two. Um, and so I was like, really? She only came in and like did one line, and then I read she had done the whole movie, and Miley Cyrus. They had brought Miley Cyrus in late to replace her in all the lines. And that's both a Miley Cyrus is our most bankable like young yeah. adult star and also we need to have a difference in voice between young Penny and older Penny. And I don't think it, I'm sure it wasn't about that. Yeah because I think Chloe Grace Moretz did two different voices. She was like mm. 15 at the time so I'm sure she did like an age of like she sounds like a young child at yeah, the beginning she'll and then like she just sounded 15. like herself for the rest of the movie. How old was Miley Cyrus in 2008? Miley Cyrus. Because that would have been the end of the Hannah Montana show because I was watching that. Miley Cyrus was 16 in 2008. Oh, wow. She sounded so much older. She does sound rather old in this movie. Oh, wow. So it would have been directly in the Hannah Montana world. Cause she yeah. started at 15 and ended it, I think, at like 22 or something like that. She, that, that show went on for Hannah seasons. Montana went on for 2006 to 2011. Oh, do I get any points for that? You do. Thank you. You get two. You get 10 points. If you ever guys... A lot of dinger noise yeah, for that. If you guys get a Barbie movie podcast, please let me know. Well, we're going to have to do... That's where my information who, is. Who's, isn't it Margaret Robbie going to be in that uh, Barbie movie? Yeah. I don't know about any of the new ones. I am a classicist only. Oh, like you're talking like OG Barbie movies. Yeah, I'm talking Princess and the Popper. I'm talking like Swan Lake. Barbie I'll, I'll Swan hit more media if I got to. Do you have sisters, Jeff? I have an older sister. There we go. Okay. I was like, you. I, I don't feel like this would have been introduced to you at a young age as it was for me. For sure it wasn't for you, right, Stu? <laughs> no, Stuart was big into it. He's lying. Yeah, maybe if you watched a Barbie movie, you'd have a better outlook on life. Let's let's watch that next time. So how's this movie start, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this movie starts, first and foremost, with the Walt Disney Animation Studios logo. The oh, I got totally tricked, by the way. When they put... All right. Continue, Andrew. When they, um, <laughs> when we see the opening scene where she's picking out Bolt, and then we transition into the what I will just you know spoilers will admit is a TV show. Yeah. I got I got kind of tricked because I was watching it and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. And then they had the Walt Disney Animation like credit part yeah. in it, and I was like, well hold on, fuck a second, hold on <laughs> a second. Do I remember this movie differently? And then I was like, no no no, Ange, remember now. Uh, I do want to quickly say this is only the second movie to have that um, Steamboat Willie intro. Meet the Robinsons was the first because it was a John Lasseter thing. Mm -hmm. um, this is the first one to have it in HD. Mm. I, I guess it looked shitty in Meet the Robinsons. I'm, I'm I sure it know. did. I mean, Meet the Robinsons. <laughs> but it's supposed to look shitty. It's like their no, early no, Mickey it Mouse looked, It looked grainy, I think is the point. Because like it's it was, it was presented in like 720 or it something should. like that. I don't know. I feel like it should. Anyway. Well, you don't want... It's flip animation. You don't want flip animation to look pixely. Like, mm. then it's... Well, yeah. All right. My so. point being, we, we see this beautiful, very warm opening scene, and then I yeah. loved, I, I do love, I mean, film school is never going to be worth it, but I do love noticing the color temperature change. Yeah. I was like, it's green now. <laughs> <laughs> I know what green means. Yeah. So Bolt's like the puppy in the litter. Yeah, he's a little puppy. And he's the white one, and the rest are brown dogs. Yeah. Is this racism? <laughs> that's that's got to be. That's got to be something. Um, and uh, that's when 
the Hagrid brings him down in like <laughs> the motorcycle, and Dumbledore says, "Like this, bo- this boy will grow up famous." Someone just watched we'll Harry Potter. I can tell. <laughs> he's like, he's like raising him in this. They were the was, worst of all Muggles. I think it was a good idea for them to establish pretty early that it was always Bolton Penny before the show came along. Mm. Because normally, I think anybody would expect it to be they were separate, and then they were brought on for the show, and then they became friends. But it's that like when Bolt says, "No, it's real. Penny's real." He has backup memories on that. Well, the thing that I'm kind of confused about in this movie is that she comes in. She's like, I want that one. And she pulls the little white dog out, Bolt, gives him a hug. And then she immediately just clips a name tag on him that says Bolt. Well, I think I I did notice that. And I was like, man, they're going to have some shit to say about that. I think because and then it says five years later and the show's been running for five seasons, like you said. So I, I think, I mean, obviously, like, I don't think Disney thought about this. Like, it's just an acute opening scene. I think, like, the idea is that she was told by the studio she got the role and she gets to pick the dog she's going to be oh. acting opposite. Mm-hmm. Because, like, why oh, else would she already have the name Bolt, like, pre-ready on a name tag? That does make more sense because I was like, what casting agent is, like, everybody, every young girl with a dog that they're really attached to, bring them in and we're going to gaslight that dog for five <laughs> years. <laughs> That makes a lot more sense. And that does change the context. But, I mean, yeah. of course, she really does care about yeah. it. And we see that in the film. So, like, immediately yeah. thrust into the, the show. TV show right after. And that's when As we get we. that really cool switch intro yeah. into the TV show world. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes the it just goes desaturated. It goes, it goes super saturated. That green is yeah. there. It is bright. Yeah. But it's like, we'll just describe like the premise of the TV show in this yeah. opening. It's like Penny and Bolt. Bolt in this crime TV show world. Duo. Yeah, they're a crime-fighting duo. Bolt I, is the product of a science, her, science I, experiment. I don't know if they're crime-fighting so much as her dad is a scientist. He made Bolt to protect her. He's been kidnapped by... He gets kidnapped by this, like... Dr. Green-Eyed Man. The Green-Eyed Man. Dr. Calico. Calico. Voiced by Malcolm McDowell, which uh, just rules. Classic. Yeah, does rule. Yeah, I don't know if there's so much a crime-fighting duo. I did kind of enjoy watching all these big stunts because... Do you guys talk about where you work? Oh, yeah. We, we talk about... Yeah, so in I, loose terms. Yeah, in so I I work on a network show with these two, and we have done some big stunts recently. And I saw all of the work that went into one small non-fire car stunt and all the driving stuff. And so, watching that all the first time before they kind of like show that there's the film stuff involved, and it's like we're dropping motorcycles, and there's all this stuff running around and there's fires and we're flipping cars over an actress and i'm like all right we get it animation's much safer like that was crazy yeah i mean it was especially crazy to then pitch that like we do it all in one take we don't miss our marks we don't like it's a live show it is a live show and i'm like live where on what highway i I just want to talk about like the sets they have to build yes <laughs> like these are all in and the they sa- built them that's what they told us at the end because i was like all right they film it on the highway and then everybody kind of like packs up and they've got some good pas doing lockups but then they like raise the background and i'm yeah. like does this dog have this, a depth perception <laughs> jesus this Christ. all happens in a sound stage yeah we are there's some serious um what's it called uh when you have like suspending your disbelief in this movie, well, because there's no way they're doing us. what they like for us. There's yeah. no way that I mean, it's an animated movie about a talking dog. It's an animated movie about a <laughs> talking dog. There's no way that like this dog would not see the cameras in the positions that they put them in this in this movie. So you, you got to just kind of accept like 
it's an animated movie about a talking dog. I will also <laughs> say, as some, like when I got into the film industry and I started talking to my family, who and the film is usually a family business, and it wasn't for me. I'm the yeah. only one in my family who does it. This is what this is how people think it works. Like my my grandparents when we did our car stunt for our show was like, what, whose car was that? That that's someone's car. You can't do that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we bought it. From <laughs> we the thing. bought it from a shop to do this. Or it's like. My my grandmother, my other grandmother, got very upset with me when we were watching a show about um, a show I worked on about a kid not being treated well. And she was like, "I'm Annie at home." She's like, "Annie, how could you do that to that kid?" I'm like, "I cannot tell you how far removed I am from what <laughs> happens to this kid." I think people think it looks like this, and I wouldn't blame them. Mm. We do a lot of work to make it look like it is effortless or in one take. Exactly. As I think a lot about the the story from the production of it, where like Bill Skarsgård said he like the first time he emerged from the refrigerator to scare one of the kids it was the first time the kid had seen him mm -hmm. and the kid's like screaming and crying like, ah, ah, and he's like ah, coming at the kid mm -hmm. and then Dark's like cut and the kid like immediately just snapped back to a guy and be like great job man you're a great actor I love your Pennywise and like gave him a fist bump and walked away and Bill Scar was like I was shook by that encounter more than the kid was <laughs> shook by me because <laughs> he's like that kid was locked in I thought I was scaring him and he got me he's like great job man favorite bit about that so we're going to take a segue to the it cast now is that Bill <laughs> Hader, the it cast <laughs> Bill, Bill Hader is like scary like fear face they had he had to like kind of act differently for it because Bill Hader when he gets this, like afraid he just sort of awkwardly laughs and there are bits in it where you can see him kind of do it a little yeah. bit where he just kind of does the <laughs> and then like runs yeah. away it's it's weird but a true comedian yeah but okay. uh so this opening yes uh do we do you guys walk through the entire plot of the movie because i i what i came in to talk about were themes i've got themes in my pocket we, we walk through the plot roughly so we can talk about the themes and whatnot mm -hmm. the idea is like for we audience, have checkpoints for our audience members who don't watch the movies with us we gotta like give them a basic skeleton of the plot oh, so I they understand. can follow my along bad i just yeah. assume everybody's no. seen bolt that's my bad so this the dog is a movie star and he is completely method acting yes which i love love that for him he's convinced but yeah. it's it's getting to his nerves because mm -hmm. now he's like he's genuinely convinced he exists in this world where everyone's trying to kill his 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 owner his person and i'm gonna say it a bit inhumane. Yeah, a bit inhumane. <laughs> I think uh, this... Well, what I want to talk about was, like, this movie has a lot to say about animal cruelty and the way animals are treated in many different scenarios, but it never touches on it. Like, yeah. it kind of is like, yeah. also, I don't know if this is okay. Anyway, back to the dog. And Which I'm like, is Whoa. why you talked about the Vegas dog fighting scene being cut. Because... I read the IMDb trivia piece that talked about what that scene was. I don't mm. know if you guys did. Well, you but... can watch it on Disney Plus. They have the uh, original the storyboard. Sto yeah, storyboards with sound. Oh, put up. I didn't know that. <laughs> Someone's not doing their research. Someone's not clicking it. on the extras well, tab. Just, well, just by reading it, like that would have been. I mean, it, it is dark, but like anyway, for the audience. I mean, this is jumping ahead, but like as Bolt's trying to find Penny. He like goes under like an overpass uh, in Vegas, and he comes across these two big dogs, and they get into a dog fight, and the dogs like just like beat up Bolt yeah. and rip him to shreds, basically. And it's kind, of, it's sort of like the Buzz Lightyear. Clearly, I will go sailing. The, no literally, more. right, right on cue, right as I was about to I say the, exactly the Buzz Lightyear say. arm fall off bit. Yeah. Like that was what it was supposed to be for no, Bolt. That scene, by the way, in Toy Story. Instead of... I will fly if I want to. Instead of... What fly do, okay. the sky. <laughs> Thank you, I Jeff. I believe 
Thank you, Jeff. Fly, Jeff, thank you. All right, I'm just gonna dial. Yeah, yeah. Just gonna dial. <laughs> okay. That scene instead, did change my life, by the way. Instead it's, of good scene. what did they do for this movie? Instead, it's Bolt trying to bash out of an animal control cage. Yeah. And the hamster rhino flipping the switch. Yeah. Like that's the dawn moment. That's yeah. the oh, I'm really not a superhero. Oh, moment. he wasn't supposed to have his dawn moment until Vegas. Because also, I mean, again, I'm not I'm not helping anybody explain this plot well, but he gets shipped off to New York on accident and he's trying to find Penny. He has to go mm. all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast. And I have recently... A good road trip movie for Jeff. I've done a cross-country good- road trip. I've done that road trip from East to West, from D.C. to L.A. like in the last month. And so that was very fun how they kind of showed the absolute barren landscape that is the center of the U.S. But... Yeah. I mean to figure to figure out to go all the way from New York to Vegas believing something that is it that is a long time to believe that you are still a superhero. I'm glad that he kind of he figures it out in Ohio. I think is the mm, pitch. It is pretty early on. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, just in terms of structure, I think it would make a little bit more sense if it happened later. Just because, like, yeah. he he goes through like this entire road trip thinking that. Uh, like because there's all these like fake incidences that make him believe that oh my powers are real like this there's a styrofoam bit yeah but there's also like you know him jumping from one thing to another and miraculously this movie does do my least favorite road trip thing though which is when you set up they have to go from new york to la Mm -hmm. and they get to ohio and then it's a montage for the rest of the country yeah. It's like bam, bam, bam. It just like shows them crossing the map, and I'm like, it's a road trip movie. You gotta do the whole road trip. You can't montage half the country. Well, they cut. I can't imagine what they cut that was probably supposed to yeah. be in there. They cut Vegas, Missouri. I will say, and they I cut Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. Not Nebraska. Fuck I will Nebraska. Ag- it's not a real state. It doesn't exist. Well, Indiana's not a real state. I will agree <laughs> that the, the road trip we lose a lot of it, but the idea of them being in one of those um mobile houses or the houses yeah. that you ship and then plant and him learning how to be a dog I think is probably one of the more genius parts of the movie yeah. that he can stick his head out the window and learn how to drink yeah. of a toilet in one place and still yes. be on the road it's a very smart conceit oh it's incredible I, I would not be surprised if that idea is what birthed the whole movie mm-hmm. Yeah. So to quickly catch the audience up, so yeah. the 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 TV episode, like a whole action bit. We don't have to. Doctor uh, I do want to yeah. talk about one part of that. Okay. Stuart, did you notice who was voicing the thug? No. When like Bolt's like you know they're following like the tough guy and then he like chase them down they like suspend him off a bridge later mm-hmm. in in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, voice. I'll never talk. He's in he's in Bolivia. He's in Bolivia. Stuart, did you happen to notice who voiced this man? No. This this thug, his name. He's just called Thug in the credits. His, his voice. First name. By the yes, uh, Theodore Hug, T Hug Thug. <laughs> Who um, voices Theodore Hug? <laughs> uh, Theodore Hug is voiced by the one and only, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, Bonesaw. Great, thank you. Yes. Uh, so then I, I had to say they that. go through the action bit and. Uh, what are you doing up there? We're never gonna finish on time. <laughs> um, so. We go through the whole episode of uh, Penny and Bolt getting through all this, like, henchmen and bad guys. We got basically a list of all his powers. Like, Bolt has the laser laser eyes. He has a karate chop. He has a karate chop. He has a super bark. Zoom, zoom. He can't fly, which we learn later. He can't fly. But he can do really long jumps. He didn't jump over a helicopter, which I would love to know how they faked that. Like, how did they make that dog able to do that in the studio system? 
but not in the real world. I bet mm. you the propellers weren't even moving. And it, I, 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 that's probably like if they were trying to, again, it's a movie about a talking dog. Well, I wonder if it was an updraft. I think we're kind of seeing the like the po like after post had already been done with a lot of CG. Yeah, they're doing post while they're. Like, There's definitely a lot of doing... CG dog in the. Uh, we love a the CG creation dog. Of, this, of this movie. It's yeah. all about the CG dog. But yeah, so they're going through all of it, and yep. then he does a super bark, and they get, uh, you know, Doctor Calico escapes, and then cut, and then yeah. the whole mirage is revealed. Yeah, they pull like, it back up, and they're like, and old Penny says, "Like, good job, Bolt, good job." And then he's like, Bolt's like, you know, freaking out basically, yeah. which is why it's like pretty, real, pretty much inhumane. Real quick, Tio, they reveal that it's a set very. They don't reveal it very slowly, but there is one hint where she steps over a body and it's still breathing, but it's yes. pretending to be dead. Yeah, yeah. and I remember, I, like I remember I as like a kid that. being like, "Oh my god!" And then now as an adult being like, "That's a really cool shot." Yeah, like, that's yeah. a really cool way of hiding that, and yeah, it's in a really yeah. cool way of kind of prepping. I don't know if you would do it to like as a like an in for the adults to be like here's something fun that only you would notice or as for the kids to be like he didn't do it and then for the magic to be lost i don't i don't know what their point was for that who who in the audience that was for but it was for me i I, loved it i think it's it's a fun little easter egg it also works to show that guy is not dead to prevent this movie from having a dead body on screen. That's true. That's true. Oh, of course. They really did say no dead yeah. bodies. But so then the after big... he does a super bark and blows all like, you know, the the the, yeah. the tanks, the helicopters, the men away, and then they're like, all right, good job, Bolt. And Penny picks up Bolt and they walk him to his trailer, door closes, and then, all right, cut. And then yeah. like everything goes away. The backdrop like, there's flies There's the one up. really tough like uh, like Gr- set that guy and he picks up a picks whole car. Picks up a whole car. <laughs> it's probably made of foam or some shit like we that. We love a foam I, car. I don't know. And, um, yeah, it whole reveals the set, and then it cuts to this, like, editing uh, room, yeah. which is more like a live TV newsroom yeah. in terms of, like, how it's run and operated. Well, with, like, they, cut, yeah, cut. we also see he's like, all right, widen out on three, go to four. Yeah. It is, it's almost unlike news. It's more like news, yeah. And so they're doing all this stuff, and they're looking through, and then they get to, like, the super bark moment, and what's in the frame? The boom. The, the boom, Mike. Now, I'm going to just say, they're all mad about the boom being in the shot um, because the dog could have seen it. And I just say point two things. Number one, the, you tell me the dog doesn't see the camera right in front of him. Uh, number two, it's, the boom's in the upper right corner. You could easily crop it out. Yeah, you can it's crop not, it not, out, paint you could, it out. You could paint well, that's, that the, that's the whole point is where it's like, well, it's also like evidence to your boss that you're not paying enough attention to keep the boom yeah. out of the way. And it's also, I think the cameras are probably very small and planted yeah. on stuff built into the set. And then that leads into the exec being like, this doesn't make any sense to me. This is easy to solve. And then yeah. they have this whole spiel. And she comes right back at him yeah. with like, oh, here's something real for you. Fuck you. Yeah, ratings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 18 to 35-year-olds yeah. are unhappy. And I was sitting there at 21 like, I'm kind of happy though. I'm content. Oh, I'm having a great time. Yep. But we, so, yeah, then they talk about the boom mic. And yeah, you're talking about the executive producer. Like, what? why Why is this such a big deal? Someone missed with me. And that's when the director goes on this long spiel about, it's like, because the dog believes it's true. That's very director too, to be like, yeah. oh, you don't understand. You don't understand. This dog is doing Stanislavski. Mindy from the network. <laughs> <laughs> so... We- the director and this being voiced by James Lipton, who was the host of Inside the Actors Studio for like 20 years or yeah. <laughs> something like that. Like really respected name. And this is one of the only three movies he was ever yeah. in. So then, yeah, uh, director goes to the whole spiel about how Bolt believes it's all real. And because he believes it's all real, the audience believes it's real. And then the exec, as you 
pointed out Ange like yeah it's like okay that's all nice and fun but the show sucks and that's yeah. true and when it, they they do introduce a new bolt when they can't find the old yeah. bolt who is not able to act properly yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a more accurate uh film dog yeah <laughs> you know a dog that doesn't do what you want it to do on the yeah. first take uh which <laughs> lots of experience with <laughs> so um yeah, basically then a- after that whole spiel is done, then Penny's with Bolt in the trailer and Bolt's yeah. still like activated, you yeah. might say. Uh, again, more points to my earlier comment about how this whole thing is, in my opinion, inhumane. How like this dog is like just yeah. wired all the time and like always thinks like that its owner is like in danger all yeah. the time. Uh, so Penny goes off to do press with her agent. And we get cats. Yeah, two cats show up and start harassing Bolt. We really don't have to go too much into this. No, don't we think. don't. The cats <laughs> just like to mess with Bolt yeah. and like pretend because like they know, they're they in on the joke that Bolt well, thinks it's I mean, real. in short, if we're going to talk about the plot, he escapes the trailer because there there is a episode where it's like a cliffhanger. And so yes. he can't see Penny. This is and the unhappy he, part. Yeah, he gets too wired. He escapes the trailer. He gets knocked out and stuck in a box that gets shipped to New York. Yeah. He should have died. I don't, don't you hear anything from me because if he was in the belly of a plane, there's no air. But he breaks yeah. out. He's in New York. He's never been here before. What if like this movie like... Ended right there. It was like, no, it, he died. He goes in a box to New York. You just see like some random UPS employee like, oh, I'm going to check out this box. It doesn't smell so good. And he and opens it up and there's, like, roll. and there's like the dead body of the dog in there. And then you just start hearing uh, the John Trollton Miley sound. I could have been. <laughs> like, oh, God. I mean, we're going to talk about the that's, ending. That's one way to make the movie short. Uh, I, yeah. But he gets ta- stuck in New York ending. and he's looking for a cat to tell him. And that's when we meet our secondary character, who is a declawed alley cat. Well, we missed the pigeon section. We got to talk about the pigeons. We'll talk about the pigeons. My po- the pigeons. I want to talk about animal cruelty. And the point is okay. that she's been declawed and then abandoned. And I had a. A, a, a alley cat who had been abandoned and declawed who mm. we brought in in my uh in my childhood before i saw this movie mm-hmm. so that was that hits particularly for me because i know how scary that is you can't hunt she was eating my cat was eating sand when we found mm. her to oh, keep her belly full damn. that's awful it's interesting they touch on three different like huge problems in animal cruelty and then they're like in shelters only cute things get adopted and things that are not deemed pretty yeah. enough are left to die and we have all of that out there. And it's just like, we're only going to touch on that for yeah. a second. Let's roll up to well, Hollywood. Again, it's the Truman Show Toy Story thing where it's like this, that cat is Jesse. Yeah, like, because she was abandoned. Yeah. I, I have not seen the Truman Show, so I... Well, I, that's the Toy Story. Uh, uh, oh, over, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesse the, the doll. This so. movie doesn't go deep enough into mittens no um, i would i would like a whole show about just mittens because like the, the jesse scene in toy story 2 is, is a wholly effective a short whole, film of yeah, itself yeah 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 like just jesse's arc is kind of just all done over that one song by yeah. sarah mclaughlin and it's extremely effective it's one probably maybe the best scene in the movie yeah and mittens needed something like that because she only like gets the, the one scene yeah. where she's like I was abandoned because I wasn't pretty. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to help Bolt now because it's a Bolt story. Well, she gets that scene in Vegas where it's like, I've built a world for us. And he's like, I have to get back to her. And she's like, you're going to abandon something good for something that is not real. Yeah. And this brings up something very specific for me. Bolt's ready to take the blue pill. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But then she has a change of heart and teaches him how to be a real dog. Okay. I want to talk. No, no, no. This is after. That's what I'm saying. It's like that. Well, that's after. Yeah, in Vegas when she's when she's built the box homes and she's like, we can stay here in Vegas where there's enough food for all of us. And he's like, I we're all we are so close to my goal. And oh, she's right. like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. being an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But you go. You go when your friend needs you, according to Rhino the hamster. All right. I want to quickly, I want to talk about these pigeons. Okay. Because this is important to me. Well, it's, I would love. <laughs> this, is, this is the most important part of this movie. I want to talk about how they have the. 45 minutes right now. They have the exact same animation for all pigeon groups in. It's great. But like they're. LA, Vegas, and New York. It's the, like three pigeons and one of them's googly eyed. The, the pigeons are great because it's the same pigeon animation for everyone. And they have the same archetypes, but they are the exact, they are the most stereotypical version of culture in each of those cities. I do love in them. In LA, they're all like, pitch bros. Like, I got an idea for your TV show, dude. You know, I'm from this. I'd, you know, I'd I'm love from, to pitch you on Aliens. I'm from like the San Fernando Valley, dude. And I just want to let you know, like. I'm a big fan. Oh, I, oh, they have a writer's assistant. It's like, yeah. I told you to wait on the wire. Whole wheat is not whole grain. Yes. It's which I've, I've been there. But when we're in New York. We meet my favorite character in this movie, Vinny. Well, is, what is it? Vinny, Bobby, and it's Donnie? Vin- <laughs> <laughs> Vinny, Bobby. <laughs> I remember it because I was like, yeah, we're going to talk no, about that. Th- it's these three pigeons and they show up and they're just all, the lead one, Vinny, is just like, hey, uh, how you doing, man? Uh, what's going on? Well, you got turn and pull. You got turn and pull, man. You got turn and pull. He's got like a kind of late stage De Niro thing going on. He's so good. I would love to really quickly touch on, there's a big thing about East Coast versus West Coast where East Coast is um, kind but not nice and West Coast is nice but not kind. Where on the East Coast, they helped him get his head out of the fence for nothing in return, but they're like, I think I've seen you. I don't know for a fact, though, you're kind of ugly. Whereas <laughs> in the West Coast, it's like, I'm a huge fan. I would really like to pitch you on this TV show, and then I'll help you. Yeah. Because there's something in it for me. Which I thought, you know, I mean, it's big in both cultures, yeah. so it's fun to see it very reduced mm. down in pigeon style. And, like, I can just see these three pigeons, like, in real life. I can see, like, the people. I've met be. them. I've, I've met, met them. them. They're out there. And when I certainly when I chase a pigeon in Chicago, it looks at me and it's like, you don't even care it's like, about hey, the cops. It's like, hey, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. You're yeah, right. Yeah, with the Chicago version where yeah. it's like, oh, how do you do? <laughs> but this, this fucking pigeon, Vinny, is just like, hey, I know I've seen this dog somewhere. I've seen this dog. Uh, who, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And as that's happening, like, ginormous public transportation yeah. city buses are passing by with the whole side of it. Which is good to know. It. It's good to know the show is like a huge show. Because it would be yeah. one thing if it was like, there's a ton of shows in LA and it's not that big of a deal. It's like, this is a, we got New York billboards, yeah. which is a big deal. It's one thing to have a billboard in LA. Everybody's got a billboard it's in Vinny. LA. It's Vinny. How are you doing, huh? Yeah. Do you want to just do the rest of this Fuck in a- New York accents? Because I'll, yeah. I'll slip. So Adult. basically, this is the inception of Gotti. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, so then I let, me, let me tell you. This, pe- no, this pigeon comes at you. Fly flutters. He's like, let me tell I'm you missing. something. New York's the, the greatest thing, fucking city in the world. My I'm city. Missing, <laughs> the only thing I'm missing is a Staten Island pigeon. Because a New York pigeon and a Staten Island pigeon are very different. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see like a Staten Island like turkey. Yeah. You know, turkeys <laughs> run wild on Staten Island. Just being like, I don't fucking care where you're from. I don't know who the goddamn hell you are. Get off of my street. Where is Pastoza's, right? Like. <laughs> so then uh, they're talking to Bolt, and Bolt's like, I need a cat. I need a cat to tell me where Dr. Calico is. Okay, we've got penny. an idea for you. We know, yeah. we know what's we going on. We have our right? mob boss leader who's been threatening us for years. Yeah, this cat's running a racket. <laughs> it's so good. Which, you I mean, have to run a it's racket. A That's the racket. point. Yeah. And I, I think I just wanted to go back real quick just to touch on, because like, we mentioned it, but very briefly, but for folks who haven't seen it, like, again, like, that, that episode that Bolt's, like, so traumatized on is because, like, it ends in the cliffhanger of Penny getting kidnapped. And as soon as they cut, like, an animal trainer, not Penny, takes Bolt away into, yeah. a, like, a, a kennel. 
And Penny's like, I need to tell, make sure he knows I'm okay. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, we need yeah. to make sure he believes you're taken. So that's just something to, like, make bolts sure in the hunt very for clear. Penny. Yeah, bolts on the hunt for but Penny. But th- these pigeons, um, these uh, gaba ghouls. They find him his cat. They bring him to it. their cat. They bring him to a cat named Mittens. Mittens. Voiced by Susie Essman from uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, what do you know? Uh, she's a you know big New York based comedian, which I think comes out in her voice. <laughs> well, it makes sense. Like I would, if the cat was a boy, I would have cast Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I'm amazed they didn't what, get Jerry Seinfeld. The, what's for... the deal with dogs? Huh? <laughs> you know what the deal with dogs is? We want to be you, which I thought was a really interesting little thing, especially on like if we talk about the mistreatment of black cats specifically, yeah. where it was like. Cats hate dogs because cats want to be dogs because they have such a good uh, good life. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I want it's to true. Uh, quickly hold the phone for a second. You mentioned that you thought this dog, this cat was voiced by Margot Robbie just like instinctually yeah. because of her Brooklyn accent. Just because of like what I've been seeing and where I am. Because the accent she does for Harley Quinn specifically. Oh, yeah. Susie Essman voiced Harley Quinn's grandmother in the current Harley Quinn TV show. Damn. Named wow. Grandma Quinzel. Um, That's a good poll. I just That's wanted to quickly poll. say that um, Thank you so before much. we get back to this movie. So this dog finds uh, Mittens and like pins Mittens down. It's like, tell me where like Dr. Calico is and like ties Mittens up with like his collar that he has yeah. on uh, and is basically keeping her prisoner. Yeah. If we want to talk about inhumane <laughs> Disney <laughs> animation, I mean, animation in general, it's very easy to do this, but they're always really good about like subtly building elements into the story in the world that work for what they're telling like oh when he gets the like he randomly comes across like a dog walker who puts a leash on him yeah which just seems like a moment of him not understanding but structurally and story-wise it plays into later he has a way of tying mittens to himself yeah Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of a good little detail that serves a lot of different masters like a little handcuff toss the key trope thing yeah you know so yeah, then that's when. And we're gonna talk about animal cruelty when she they get locked in a moving truck when they're trying to get across the country. It's their first mode of transportation, and Mittens pulls out a baseball bat ready to bash his head in to knock him out to untie herself. And only at the last second do they like escape. Yeah. She was gonna kill that man. <laughs> she was gonna kill Bolt, but then she yeah. still be tied to him. A New Yorker. And another quick thing to point out, it's like when uh, Bolt is in New York and he's trying to use his powers, particularly when he gets his head stuck in like a little railing and he can't bend the bars. The first thought that he has is like he was covered in all the styrofoam puff pieces and those are like kryptonite to his power that he he thinks. So so he still buys it that he has powers, but it's being hindered right now by the the styrofoam kryptonite thing. So that's when Penny uh, uh, Mittens finds Bolt a map. It's like a a, a waffle house. Map. It's like a, a waffle top house map. Secret map of the world, mind you. Yeah, the world, which is <laughs> the United States of America, which is the world. Fuck the rest of the world. Anyway, <laughs> separated by waffles. America, America. Yeah, we get from the green lady to the waffle with the sunglasses, which is exactly how I did my road trip. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, I kind of want to do like as a bit just like do a road trip based on like one of those like waffle house maps or something oh my god or like well, the, the denny's it, location map. well it stops after a certain point right because they don't have waffle house in like the west coast don't they I, isn't waffle house it's like, not really a waffle house it's a national chain and they keep using the map the whole way because in vegas it's we're one waffle away from penny we're using it as a uh, system of measurement yeah 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 the furthest you can get with Waffle House is Arizona. Yeah, I didn't think they were on the West Coast. God damn I'm it. I'm looking at a map of Waffle it was Houses like, in the U.S. <laughs> I only know this because they're like long time ago, there was like a Twitter thread or something that said like, ha ha, you guys don't, East Coast doesn't have In-N-Out. And I'm like, yeah, but you guys don't have Waffle House. So All right, like, good news. Who's, we can do this road trip off Denny's. 
Oh, you definitely can. Jesus. Wait, how many Denny's are in Montana? Uh, three. More. Wow. Montana. That's how many people are in Montana. I think Denny's just has a bit where they want one in every state. I think they do have one in every state. Let me see if there's any states that are not. I mean, besides Hawaii and Alaska. No, there's a Denny's in Hawaii. Is there? All right, I would like... They, they, they banned, I know, a lot of those chains. They're pretty limited on what can make it over there. I don't think there's any McDonald's, but I'm almost positive I saw a Denny's when I was in Hawaii. Well, I just think it's great that we have all these restaurants because, you know, the one restaurant they think we could do a lot less of is fucking White Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, seriously, should we do a White Castle road trip? No, we should not. White, if we're, if it, you know, or we do the White Castle road trip, but it's an effort to burn all the White Castles in America down to the ground. Angela's learning some new things about you right now. I wish White Castle would just get Joppy Baratheon just poisoned and die. If I was going to pick what I thought your favorite like fast food restaurant would be, White Castle would not be off the list. It's it's you're you're an anti White Castle person. I am. Sure, a you need to move to the south. There's like there's like only one White Castle in the south. Yeah, go to Atlanta. Wait, where is it? Where is That's it in, in the south? Florida. Okay. Well, we're going to go to Florida and I'm going to save the Ooh, south is, from White Castle. See, it's like it's White Castle versus Crystal. Oh, this makes sense. We're looking at a map right now. Yeah. Okay, enough about White Castle. <laughs> no waffles. Enough about White I Castle. started this. I'm. This is my fault. Okay. Um, is there anything you wanted to talk about specifically with the pigeons? Because I'm. I'm always. We're done for with the pigeons. We are done with the pigeons. I just wanted to talk about how they're very. Funny we are in New York. done with the really pigeons. Really quick, I would like to cover which of us is which on the pigeons because okay. I definitely think I'm the secondary. I might be the writer's assistant. I claim Vinny. Eyes. You claim Vinny. I claim Vinny. I mean, you can claim whatever you want. I mean. Let me tell you something. Great. So then they get into a moving van, which makes Stuart the third one. And uh, yeah, he's the googly eyed. We get bitch. another. We get another bit where um, Bolt tries to melt the lock, but his powers aren't working again. So yeah. then they hide underneath the couch, a similar fashion in how Penny and Bolt hid under a truck going yeah. into Calico's lair, which they use again. Which when, they use um, again with uh, Mittens and Rhino at the end uh, at to the follow end. them in the, to the hospital. Um, so yeah, they, they're in the moving van, and yes, we get that bit with Mittens trying to kill Bolt but can't. And then they get out of the moving van. They, they fall out. They fall out because of, there's a styrofoam there. And he and, freaks out, and and so she discovers this, and she starts threatening him with the styrofoam, but he kicks it out of her hand. Is like, you need to show me where we're going. And then his stomach rumbles. That's, yeah, and he's like, what is this? Okay, so I get the idea that this dog's been brainwashed to think that, like, he's a super powered dog. You can't brainwash hunger well no no no. he's never been hungry he eats he's always had food he's never had hunger pains i think there's like a difference between being hungry and having like your stomach rumble and also if you're eating on a schedule which i'm sure he is like my dogs at home don't know what hunger is they also don't know what injuries are because they don't that doesn't happen to them and like i just think it's like on a day where i'm at home alone i'm never hungry because like i just like all right it is lunchtime it is dinner time not me i forget to eat but in theory this dog has you know especially for trained dogs and set dogs they eat on such a rigid schedule and they're eating that straight kibble like he probably hadn't had french fries he hadn't had hot dogs and like what Mm. is it the cheese dumplings that the old lady's making or whatever yeah but then that's when we get the rv park yeah they come to an rv park yeah and she's like i'll tell you how to get food teaches him how to do the dog face yeah which is i think i thought that was a very effective scene it's a good bit because like the whole like all right tilt your head Put your left ear. Nope, the other ear. Okay, and then ever so slightly look up. Bingo. And it's well, like, it's also it's, very funny when she's like, "Oh, you're a you're such a good actor." It's yeah. like, 
This will come in handy later. That's mm-hmm. a surprise tool that will help us later. Yeah. We while they're getting the food, we cut back to Penny briefly. Yeah. Where they they swap, they give a new bolt, and she figures it out immediately that it's just a replacement dog. I actually thought that scene with the executive was very cute because I think they really set the executive up to be an awful woman. Yeah. And then when she says, the last thing I want to do is ask a young girl to make a grown-up decision, but I don't have another choice. We have yeah. to keep filming. There's people a little... People lose their jobs. Yeah, there's That's, a little... That was a really good bit. Like, yeah, she's the whole, like, good like, people with families will lose their jobs. And like we, as film industry workers, know kind of that whole thing because if our jobs depended on a dog... <laughs> yeah. And it's like, hey, we don't have the dog, so we're not going to film until we find yeah. it. Like, yeah, that yeah. that makes sense to that, me. I, I can see that happening to us very clearly. Yeah. So, yeah, get a fucking new dog. That's, <laughs> Sorry. That's like what I would say, too. So yeah. it, it makes sense. So so they, um, they're they going through all these RVs and getting food, eating like kings. Yeah. Mittens points out how she's never had a, like a protruded belly before. This is the first time. Yeah. Because she doesn't get enough to eat in her racket in New York, like the pigeons are bringing like little scraps. And Bolt's still like thinking, like, okay, now we got to get to the next place and like find there, Penny. It's like, what are you talking about? We're in like a perfect spot. There is a good bit where they're going through all the RVs and it's all Bolt and they're throwing food at him. And then Mittens tries one RV and the guy throws like stupid cat. <laughs> throws a, a whole cast pan iron at her. skillet. That's yeah. a that is an expensive piece of machinery, and they are trying to yeah, kill and her. Yeah, he is wasting it and throwing it into the dirt. But they, they, before they leave, they go to one more RV with this old woman who's like, let me get you my granny's favorite dumplings. And that's where we meet Rhino. Rhino, the best character in this movie. No, no Vinny's the best character Negative. Rhino does not come close. I think Rhino is the best the character worst. for you. He is the worst part no, of the movie. No, Vinny's actually the best character. Rhino is movie. basically Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jeff, you are Rhino. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, um, I, I just like everything about Rhino. I'm like, this is Jeff. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But they meet Rhino, who's a super fan of Bolt. It's a hamster in a hamster ball. And he just watches TV. And I don't think the hamster the hamster doesn't know that it's TV. He thinks it's real. Yeah, he just thinks, like Bolt he calls it the magic box. Calls it the magic box. So he looks and, at the window and he sees Bolt, and so he escapes the RV. And it's like, I'm coming with you. I'm such a huge fan. This is why he's Rhino. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Me, if I saw Harrison. And Rhino. Down yeah. the street. It's I'm like, coming with you. You know, if you this, get away from this me. is another reason why I think it might be plausible that the dog maintains his illusion that he's a superpowered dog until Vegas. Because if it was just Bolts and Mittens, then the only voice in Bolts head is the voice of reason, which is Mittens. But instead, now he's given a second voice, he, which is the voice of fantasy. He gets the angel and the devil he on his shoulders. He gets the angel and the devil on his shoulders. And which that, to me, it's like I would buy it if he believed it for so long because yeah. you have this other voice rationalizing why his regular dog actions are creating these superhuman-like mm. results. So, like, i.e., like, he barks and something happens. Yeah. That wasn't in result of his barking, but... Well, you know, you have Rhino there to like rationalize it that way. Yeah. So I, I thought that he he served that part, point very well. So, uh, they try to jump on a train. Then yes. Yeah. And uh, it goes horribly. Yeah, it goes horribly. Bolt gets t- stuck on the ladder. Mittens is trying to save him. Rhino thinks she's trying to kill him. A whole action scene ensues. They all fall off the train. Yeah. Doesn't work. Yeah, the hamster survives somehow. This hamster goes through a lot. <laughs> There's one part in this movie where the hamster rolls literal miles. Oh yeah, it does with the animal <laughs> control bit. Yeah, 
This hamster travels miles in this ball. This hamster is superhuman. This yes. hamster is the dog from Eyes of an Angel yeah. that <laughs> runs across the country. <laughs> you know, this kind of is Eyes of an Angel. We covered a movie called Eyes of an Angel mm-hmm. a while ago. It was only available on VHS. The VHS is sitting right next to you. Um, I'm really o- seeing a blue steel smolder from our man. That here. is the only way we were able to watch this movie was to buy that. Uh, it's not available online in any capacity. Why not? I have no idea. A lot of his <laughs> movies in that era don't exist. Yes. But so. <laughs> like name the, one movie in the 80s John the Travolta. The plot did. is like he's involved in like. I can't name any movie John Travolta did. He's involved Bull. in like what? A dogfighting racket at the beginning of the movie? Yeah. And he has to flee to Los Angeles, but he treats this one dog kindly. And they go. he goes from Chicago to L.A. And this dog is like, this guy was kind to me. And, like, it just starts running across, like, the country. Terminator style. And, like, this was, like for, like, a 45-minute segment of this movie, we're just following John Travolta and his daughter, like, struggling in L.A. And every 10 minutes or so, it cuts back to, like, an abandoned highway. And you see a dog, like, run across the frame. And then we cut back to them. That's and a that, smart way to use a dog. In a and then at the movie. end of the movie, the dog comes in and saves it. Like, get away from my wife. You <laughs> the samples. Yeah. Oh, the getaway for my wife. I didn't kill my wife. Shut the um, fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, that's when Animal Control shows up. Yes. And this movie really starts picking up pace at this point. Yes. Because um, they're only in like Pennsylvania at this point. Well, that, yeah. No, we're in Ohio. It says okay. Ohio clearly. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Animal Control, which again, Animal Control people get portrayed as the villains. They're just doing their jobs, people. I don't think I don't know if the movie said so much that they're the villain as it is they that blow up their floor station. There's a massive explosion. Yeah, and it's like a bummer. I think they say it's a bummer. That guy gets pepper sprayed. Oh, it's obviously pretty comedic. I think they're more making fun of people from Ohio. Well, it's like Homeward Bound. It's like the animal control people are actually very nice people in Homeward Bound. Yeah. Like when they find the missing dogs and they want to get the dogs and the cat reunited with the family, but the dogs think the animal control people are the bad guys and that's yeah. what these folks think of it's like no animal says like oh animal control i'm saved it's always like oh animal control we got to yeah. get away well i think if somebody was coming they're, to they're lock you guys. up in a kennel to sell you to someone i don't know if you'd be so stoked either even if it was for your own protection <laughs> i don't know maybe <laughs> Stuart's not gonna comment on that i'm not gonna comment on that okay so animal <laughs> Just keep talking about the movie. Okay, so just keep going. Just keep going. Okay. So <laughs> I just, I'm messing. I I have a uh, water park bracelet that I'm messing with because okay. I need something to do with my hands. Okay. So <laughs> they go to they that animal control. Um, Rhino rescues them. Yes. Uh, he gets Bolt out first, and this is the bit where Bolt tries to break out of the the dog yeah, cage because he's in the kennel the at the gas station and. Uh, Rhino like follows the car for miles and shows up at this gas station and is like time to shine and he like pops out of his little ball and like clutters up and like opens the gate right as Bolt runs at it mm-hmm. and so Bolt thinks his superpowers have kicked back and he escape but then Rhino's like I opened the door for you and Bolt's like, like we get a very touching um, speech from Rhino of like it doesn't matter like your powers are real because you're you and we're gonna we're gonna get this done and yeah it is interesting that it's like, yeah, I may not have a super bark, but I still have my training. Yeah. Of like, I know how to infiltrate this facility. And uh, I'm going to say this for bum, later. Bum, bum, the, 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 this this carries over into a bit in terms of how I think the movie should have ended. But 
we'll get to it later. I feel like you're gonna want him to die in the fire with. Penny. Yeah, I feel like I feel the like movie ended some miserable ass ending. I just wish there was more stuff where it was happy. Okay, 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 okay. No, let's no, we'll, get, we'll get to it when we get. We'll get to I want to touch it. on it right now. No, we'll get to okay. it. Okay, so so they they go in and they rescue mittens. Yep, and then hijinks ensue, and the poor animal control person's car explodes as a result of his super bark. Yes. Because, like, he happens to bark right around the same time as, like... How does it catch on fire again? I can't remember. He barks somebody... Or an electrical wire falls. Electrical wire things. and uh, Oh, like a canister falls. A canister, like, pops open the yeah, lid. Yeah, it's a and, helium like, canister that yeah. flies. Hits hits the big a sign. Sign, sign falls over the truck and completely. Blows, okay. Yeah, blows up. Big, massive explosion. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, Uncle Bob. Thank you. Um, uh, so anyway, then they're, they escape, and then that's when they get on a, like a house trailer. Yeah, that's when trailer. Yeah. And Bolt's very dejected at this point. Like He's kind of like, I'm not a super dog. He if realizes. He, if I'm not a super dog, what am I? Yeah. And Mitten says, you're a dog. Let me show you how to be a dog. And they walk through how to be a dog in this house. Okay. And it's a really smart conceit that you pointed out, Ange, where like, they can still be making travel distance in this mobile, in this home that's being pulled, while also like hit all these story beats. All right. mm-hmm. Can I ask you guys for a favor? Yeah. When we get to the fire scene, remind me about this particular scene with the house. Okay. Because it's going to carry into what okay. how I think the movie we should end. We may get to the fire scene. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna... see. We'll see. You got, yeah. you got we, we a got, little We more do got to speed it up a little okay. bit. Okay. Okay. So uh, they, they go through how to be a how to be a house dog. How to be a house dog. Eat, like drink from the toilet, all the yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, all the fun stuff. They get to uh, Vegas. They get to Vegas with this house. And like they've both kind of like he and Mittens are close now. Yeah. They're friends. Mittens um, builds the whole. They're kind of yard. building their own little family in this in this house. Yeah. We love a found family. And they get to Vegas, and there's some really cool looking matte paintings in the background of Vegas because uh, they did not animate some of it, so it's cool. They go to the Bellagio to watch the the fireworks. And yeah, the, nice Ocean's Eleven reference. Yeah. What if what if it had just been like a five minute scene, like the end of Ocean Eleven, where they're all standing there watching the the thing? It's like uh, it would have been awful, but it would have been very very funny. So then Mittens offer, like builds know, like a cardboard too. box house for them to like s- stay in. And she includes Rhino in it, which she I She includes Rhino in it, yeah. Yeah, it's all it's going to be the three of them. And yeah. that's when Bolt says, No, it's not going to be the three. I need to get to Penny and she yeah. reveals of her past of like Penny is not real because my family they told me it was real and then they left me. They moved and they didn't take me with them and I was abandoned. They left a declawed mm. cat out like alone. And he, Bolt leaves, he says, I have to keep going and he goes alone and then um Rhino and Mittens follow close behind him so that they can be there. They yeah. make it. Right when he gets to L.A., they also get to L.A. Because Rhino asks Mittens where Bolt went, and then Rhino gives another. Again, Rhino with the speeches yeah. <laughs> propelling the plot forward. Uh, so then we cut to then the soundstage with Penny and yeah. fake Bolt. Yes. Well, Bolt runs in and sees Penny like coming right. down to be like, come here, Bolt, come here. Wait, and he wait, runs wait, wait. First, he meets some pigeons. We do. And they're LA dudes. We talked like, about the LA pigeons. And they're like, bro, what you need at the end of this episode, spice things up, aliens, dude. What, what you need what is time aliens. Do you need to leave by? I like, need I need to leave by twelve thirty. If oh. I left by twelve twenty, I could catch a bus. By twelve thirty, I need to call a lift. Okay, gotcha. Cool. All right, so I'll then, cover your lift. Uh, <laughs> you don't, you don't get need them ten minutes. The, yeah, the LA pigeons. They they're pitching him the film, and it's aliens. All right. Yeah. Next bit. So, so then uh, so the sound stage, and then Penny does. So ask we're at the Bolt. end of the movie. I don't think we have to rush. Well, for like hold 20 on. Or 30 well, I want to do my spiel about okay. the ending. The dog, the fake dog, runs to her, and Bolt sees her reconnect, and he's like, "Oh, she's replaced me. I leave." But Mittens is there, and she sees how heartbroken Penny is, and how much she misses him. Cut. She's yeah. acting for the dog. Yeah. Yeah. So she runs in 
to Mittens goes and grabs Bolt and says, no, this is real. Coming from me, this is real. And Mm -hmm. Bolt senses the danger of unsafe fire safety on set, which I am particularly particularly interested in. Where were the FSOs? Where were the fire safety officers? You know what this scene really needed? What? We needed the AD at the beginning of the scene to come and be like, all right, safety meeting. There's fire extinguishers <laughs> oh, on every been... wall. The exit's right there. We'll regroup in front of the production office. Oh, Make okay. sure you don't leave before checking out with me or PA. Well, it's definitely true of like when you have real fire on set, someone just goes over the walk and is like, we have real fire. Don't be an idiot. Like if, if, the, if the building burns down, get out. We'll reconvene. Um and they could tell that they were like not planning on it being touched because yeah. the it's like tiki torches. Yeah, the right? dog, um, the fake dog gets scared and jumps off, and he knocks the torch, and the whole set goes up. And I thought I originally remember that they abandoned Penny, that they left her on the rig, and she was alone. But they had a safety release, and she got down and landed on a mat. But, but the then people fi- they didn't know where to find her. The fire was spreading too fast, and she got stuck. Because yeah. they tie her up, and but they tie her up in a special way because this is true in Hollywood that since like. I don't remember what year it was, but like it was something where it's like you can't actually um, like tie up or handcuff an actor. No, you can't actually restrain an actor. Like anytime you have a scene where they're like cuffed or restrained or anything, they're always fake. Like you can just really pull like the restraints out for this very yeah. for this very reason, and also for um, I mean a bunch of other safety reasons. But as an actor, I was taught that your body can't tell the difference between real and fake. And so if you pull and it resists, you will go into fight or flight mode, whether you know it's real or not. Yeah. yeah. That's why we do fight scenes in a certain way. That's why we do sword fighting. I did um, stage combat where I had to slap someone and we weren't far enough. And I almost slapped him because I was in it. And I got, I felt my body change. It was yeah. really, really scary. Yeah. So that, that's how like they tied Penny up in a way where it's like just like above her like wrist essentially. So she could technically like, you know. L- yeah. release herself as she yeah and she to. did we watch her she releases yeah. herself she pulls the cord she drops she has and the she inflatable gets, thing at the bottom yeah she gets mm. stuck so there was safety precautions it just wasn't and it wasn't enough and that was a huge problem on sets for years yeah, yeah. fire safety so the fire breaks out the fake dog is roast chicken at this point no he, <laughs> he makes it back to his trainer nice try fuck that dog <laughs> no the dog's in the ending of the movie. bolt goes in to save her it's and... a more realistic dog though because when they try to get the dog to fight like calico it just like whimpers away and i'm like yeah. that's the real stage dog that's why you don't shoot with animals and kids on set ladies and gentlemen <sighs> i just have too many horror stories of pets on set anyway uh yeah but he fi- saves her i don't know this is when i started crying because mm-hmm. i i understand that feeling yeah. of hopelessness yeah. that's a big fear like nightmare fear of mine of like not being able to escape not being able to control yeah and so when she tells the dog to go on without her i was like one holy shit this is a disney movie yeah it but does also, get like toy story 3 ish a little bit yeah you yeah know? but can you imagine being 15 and you just reunited with your like best friend of five years and you're like you should live instead of me because i am literally too weak to go on and then he he barks. He does his super bark down the uh, air shaft. And lets the firemen know where they are. Until the firemen know where they are. Until he, like, runs out of energy and breath and passes out. We cut Who wasn't going to cry for that? Okay. So I'm going to go on my little spiel. Oh, I can't wait for this shit. The dog should have died. And here's why. We're going to cut back to the, the, the house scene. And this would be, again, it doesn't have to have the Las Vegas, like, dog fight scene in it. It can work either way. But... I feel like it make it even more powerful but so bolt when he realizes he doesn't have his powers he asked mittens it's like what can i how 
what can I do for Penny if I'm not like a powerful dog? Hmm. Like if I don't have any powers. And that's when she does the whole, this is how you be a dog. Just a real dog. You've never been a real dog before. And the ultimate lesson is it's like, ultimately, like you can drink out of the toilet. You can do all these things. But the bottom line, when it comes down to being like a good dog, it's just being there for your owner. Yeah. And that's when. He was there though. Bolt does the super bark and then passes out and just lays down next to Penny. And then it would fade to black. And then it cuts to that same thing where, like, the firefighters are breaking through the wall and they yeah. find the two of them. And Bolt's just there next to Penny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been dead. just sad. I like, I, it doesn't change reali- the... Because realistically speaking, like, you know, with the smoke and everything and, yeah. like, you know, Bolt has smaller lungs than like Penny. He, he but he was also Penny. lower. Smoke rises. But I, there's no oxygen in there like, in general. Stuart, I very much don't disagree that is, like, a strong conclusion for a movie that he fulfilled I his ultimate purpose as a it dog it is a bit for... too miserable for a disney family picture i, I think he it also fulfilled... doesn't kids would be ruined <laughs> i think it would have been a more realistic and be more powerful of an ending if i bolt who don't is disagree dis- that is the coldest disagree that is the coldest fucking take life. i've ever heard he his whole life he's been trained of what it, he's supposed to be as a dog which is a super dog until at the end, he discovers what it really takes to be a dog, which is to just be there for your owner. Like, but he the is end, there. That's the, the end, whole point at the end. At the end, he fulfills that purpose. By being with her as a he normal fulfills, dog. He fulfills the purpose he and he gets to live on afterward. his arc. Yes. In, like, in a structural story, if Bolt was a human, that is the logical way you would end this movie. But he is not a human. He is a dog. And that would be disastrous and depressing. Uh, I so, invite the audience to comment on all of our platforms at this point. Yeah. Do you think the dog should have died at the end of Bolt? Like I like, think if so. If anybody who comments yes, um, my Instagram is a gardener art. Go ahead and block me. I actually <laughs> have no interest in talking to you. Um, personally, I think you and I would both do better if we did not engage any longer. <laughs> that goes for you too, Stuart. Like, what the hell? Dog should have died. Dog should have died. Cold ass Would have been a better movie. I did love the uh, 2D animation homage at the end when yeah. they were doing uh, the scenes of him and Penny being normal together. Yeah. And, the I, you know, notice she didn't have a dad. She had a dad in the show with no mom and then a mm. mom in real life but no dad. Fascinating. This is true. Ultimately, yeah, the dog doesn't die. The firefighters break through. They get both Penny and Bolt out. And then they reboot all... the show with a new actor. Yeah, they do the whole like, all right, so we couldn't. Your head was burned in the fire. Your face was burned in your fire. So they reconstructed a new actress. Yeah. With a different voice, which I yeah. liked. Dr. Calico attempts to kill her in the show, and then who shows up? Aliens. aliens. And Dr. Calico's like, aliens. And then Rhino turns the TV off. And it's like, like, lame. That's not realistic at all. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it just shows the Penny with Mittens and Rhino all in the same household. In a beautiful rambler off a, like, in, in the country somewhere. Where we get pigeons with, a, with like, a hick accent, like, yeah. I have no idea who that dog is. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's nice. I definitely think it's nice if you were if you were a young child star, right, or a young yeah. or a dog actor, and to not be recognized is sometimes the only thing you want and the only thing you can't buy. Yeah. Like I just like the idea of Penny going to a normal school and everybody being like, ranch. everybody's like, "Do you want to do like the theater club or whatever?" And she's like, "No, I don't. Yeah. I have no interest. I am going to play chess." <laughs> And then the movie ends with a nice little Penny takes a selfie with her little Polaroid camera. I did not enjoy that bit of like she takes a Polaroid picture at the end of every take with her dog. Shake, 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 shake. 
Keep going. No thanks. I'm good. Picture. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna let you. Outcast just came into the studio. And that's the movie. That is. And the credits start. And what do we get? A John Travolta Miley Cyrus collab called "I Thought I Lost You." Which honestly, and it very whips. Funny. It does whip. Shit whips. It's like I thought I lost you when you went looking for me. I don't know. I, as far as songs go, I was like, yeah, this slapped. I let it play when I was got nominated dinner. for a Golden Globe for best original song. Really? It did and they deserved it. They didn't win. Who won? Um, I don't know who won that year. But yeah, that is the movie Bolt. And uh, Jeff, how'd this movie do, post-text-wise? Uh, well, first, I want to say that it lost Best Original Song to The Wrestler by Bruce Springsteen for The Wrestler. Mm. Mm. It was also nominated along with Down to Earth from Wally, Gran Torino from Gran Torino, and Once in a Lifetime from Cadillac Records. All right. Well, that's, you know, tough competition. Mm. I think the Gran Torino performed by Clint Eastwood. Grand <laughs> I don't remember. So the post mortem on this, I well, definitely expected this to just be a nostalgic movie for mm-hmm. myself. Um, it was very easy. I felt it was very easy for me to consume, but I I did enjoy it. I yeah. as like does a movie entertain you? I was entertained. Very much so. And okay, never mind. I, I saw, thought I saw. I thought I misread something. But no, before we get into the postmortem, I would like to uh, say, Stuart, we have to do something. It's time to do the hair ranking, and you you got to step up for this. All right, cute I can music. see the reflection in. Uh, there's a reflective surface behind you. Are you pulling up the? All right, oh, yeah. hold on. Let's let's cue the music. The fur ranking. I'm you gonna know, welcome folks to the hair ranking or what? Yeah. Well, so I don't even know what I'm looking at right okay. now. Okay. Am I putting this in the hair ranking or am I putting this in, the, in its own it's category? It's going in the hair ranking. It's so going is it, in the hair is ranking. Is it the hair of Bolt or is it the hair of John Travolta recording Bolt. the movie? We ranked uh, his character in our friend Martin of the actual of the character's hair. Uh, so we got to continue that. So thing. I think Bolt's got like a All crew right. cut. Put it above our friend Martin below Face Off Cage. Oh, you're just putting it there because it's another animated movie. You bet your sweet ass I am. That's lame. Very lame. I think it should be up at the top. He looks really nice in he this He does. Movie. You know what? Bolt looks It's crisp. not John Travolta's hair. <laughs> it is, though. It's an animated dog's hair. Yeah, it's it's yeah. probably not even but it's hair a really nice fur. It's, it's a really nice coat, I'm sure it, it is. It is good fur I'm texture. sure it's it is. good fur. But John Travolta and his hairdresser did not do work. Maybe they did, they did not. Do maybe they someone did. did work. Maybe he consulted. Maybe he consulted job. on it. When we talked about Edna Mode's and Edna, Edna Turnblad's hair last week, that was work. This is not work. This is work. Someone had to animate that hair. Yeah. And but, John Travolta was like, I'm sh- oh, that's, that's just fantastic. That's just fantastic. That's well, the that, only thing. Well, I- that's where it's going on my hair ranking. You can disagree if you'd like. but I strongly disagree. Okay. that's. Fine. I would also like to point out that our hair ranking, I just noticed, does have a second category. Uh, we have John Travolta's hair ranking, and then we have one category that just says The Rock in Be Cool as number one for its own category. <laughs> <laughs> but it is really good hair. it's a great afro <laughs> okay it is all right, all right so, so that's post text now post mortem from Stewart is that it was a good movie but not depressing enough is that what i heard from you i mean I, you kind of said it what i agreed with which was this movie just barely touches on some really deep you know and troubling topics that deserve to be touched upon but it just kind of grazed over the surface level of it like especially with mittens and i think that's kind of the thing with you know it it doesn't really hit home the trauma 
that this dog has really been through with thinking its entire life that its owner is in grave mortal danger. And so I just think that this movie deserved to like, I, I wish that it had dug its heels deep with, yeah. you know, like if Wally can basically die at the end of Wally, this that dog. Wasn't, that wasn't Disney though. That was Pixar. And uh, he survives. Is the he thing. does he comes survive. Back. Would okay. you have rather he died? You can kill a character and bring them back in these things. Penny could have got a new dog. No, Jesus. If Christ. in in your version of this movie, it should if that had been the ending, it would have had to just ended with her adopting mittens. And yeah, yeah. Rhino mittens and rhino. So and the dog dies. I want it dies a superhero, but a superhero in the realest way possible. And he lives as a superhero at the end in the realest way possible too. Um. So this movie comes out. Oh, first before I do this, I would like to just quickly go to our our section from the depths of IMDb trivia, mm-hmm. where you find. Some people just write the craziest shit in there. Here's a... Someone took on a day and wrote down, while Bolt believes he has superpowers, he is self-confident, but when he finds out that he is not a superhero, his self-confidence vanishes. This is a clear case of the Dunning-Kruger effect, situation in which one's initial self-confidence is high due to his or her lack of knowledge, which decreases in par with knowledge and increases again when the one becomes expert. And I'm like, great. Why is this an IMDb trivia? Who wrote this? Who, who watched? Who watched this movie? Was like, I'm gonna write an IMDb trivia about the Dunning Kruger effects uh, instance of. Maybe, that's not. That's maybe not trivia. Got a film podcast. That's not trivia. That's an analysis of the movie. That's not trivia. All right. So how'd this movie do at the box office, Jeff? Okay. No, I got that out of my system. Thank um, you. You're welcome. So this movie comes out. Um, what day? Did, what day did it come out? It came out November 21st of 2008. Oh, right before Thanksgiving. This makes sense. And right after the housing market crash. When it came out, it was accompanied by a Pixar short called Tokyo Mater. Oh, yeah. Uh, if anyone remembers this. Yes. This was right around the time of the financial crisis. Hey, you know. Obama had just been elected uh, like two weeks before this movie came out. Um, he had been elected? He hadn't been inaugurated, though. No. he was ele- It was the period in between mm-hmm. his election and the inauguration. Mm-hmm. So Bush a lawless was, time. It was still the Bush administration at the time this movie came out. Yeah. Um, but it comes out on November 21st. Um, and it gets great reviews. It's the first Disney movie to get great reviews in a what a while. It has an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. General audience reception is that like, it's pleasant, it's fun, Travolta's good in it. Um, it's nothing you haven't seen before, but it's a good movie. My housing crisis, my, my house has now lost exponential value. I need to watch something happy. Yes, I need to watch something happy. The economy is collapsing right now. Let's watch a dog die. Yeah. No. The U.S. is embroiled in two foreign wars. The economy is collapsing. Uh, everything is bad. But dog pretty good, though. <laughs> dog, dog do funny thing. <laughs> dog do funny thing. Pigeon with New York accent. Pigeon be funny, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, it comes out, gets good reviews, does pretty well at the box office. It opens number three in its opening weekend, which is like kind of bad. But it's up against Twilight and Quantum of Solace. Yeah, that's tough. so. That's why, like, this isn't that level. Which and tw- the first Twilight? The first Twilight. This yeah, comes out the same y- weekend. You as have Twilight. to sign off on the number one. It's like racing yeah. against Usain Bolt. You're yeah. like second place is first. It's in great. That situation. But this movie, it has it does pretty well in terms of it's you know Disney movies don't always have the biggest opening weekends. They have long runs though. Yeah. Because parents aren't flocking to opening weekend to see a movie with their kids. No. Sometimes. Right. It's like, you know, if you're going to see the new Marvel movie, that's like you go opening weekend. You're seeing that movie. 
Whereas like at Disney, it's like, oh, I'll take the kids in a few weeks when it's a little quieter or we have some more free time. So this movie kind of has legs. It runs through. It went to number two its second weekend. So it rose. Ends up grossing $114 million in the U.S., $195 internationally, makes $310 million worldwide. What's its budget? Budget of $150 million. Oh, so they made double their budget. They made That's double their movies. budget worldwide. That's nice. Which basically, like, it's it makes their profit back. It's not, like, a rousing success for Disney, but it's a pretty good success compared It's enough. I it's, mean, you pay all your people and you have some left yeah. over. That's a success. It's enough for Disney to be like, okay, Lasseter is bringing this back. And then, you know, when he has straight hits afterward up through Frozen... Which yeah, is a monster success. It really cements his his uh, his claws on Disney at the time until his claws are uh, cemented on something else, and he gets uh, fired for it. Uh, Woo! <laughs> yeah. We love uh, consequences to our actions. Uh, but this goes on; it gets nominated for best original fe- uh, animated feature at really? the Oscars. It loses to Wally. Good, rightfully so. Um, it gets nominated for a lot of best animated films. Pretty much loses all of them to Wally, except for like two. It loses the Kids' Choice Awards to Madagascar Escape to Africa, which is just depressing. Uh, uh, Madis- Madagascar Escape to Africa was a good film. The circus, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. The circus one is it Escape from Africa or Escape to Escape Africa? Two is the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good movie. The okay. third one was a little and tough. My counterpoint to you on Madagascar Two is that there's a section which Will I Am plays a rhinoceros, a hippo, who emerges out of a mud bath. To the uh, to a song of him rapping, I like him funky. I like him chunky. It's about I, how he likes. Excuse me. I like him big. I like him chunky. I like him round with. Oh, something he remembers. Funky. He remembers. I like him plumbing. Oh, you know the song. <laughs> yeah, it was a fucking hit, and it was a great piece about like so- loving someone for their beauty is not enough. You need to love them for who they are, as Melman does, and it cements the end of Nice Guys Finish Last. This is Vanessa. Oh, are you doing the, these are my ladies. These are my ladies. Oh my God, he's doing the Will I Am voice too. Oh my God. Remember when Will I Am was a thing for like one year in terms of movies? He was busy. Like he was in, like in 2009, he was in Madagascar 2, X-Men Origins Wolverine. He's in a lot of movies for like one year and then he just never appears again. Well, he probably did it and was like, this is too much. I'm done. I'm going back to music. Everyone's like, all right, that was a mistake. (laughs) We, We didn't need that. All right. So that's Bolt. That is Bolt. That is Bolt. Yeah, I'm looking. He was in three movies that year, and then he only ever does Rio and Rio 2 afterward, and that's it. Uh, another top hit. I mean, what I'm hearing is that he's only done bangers. Was he <laughs> in Twilight? He was not in Twilight. Damn. There's a guy who looks like him in Twilight, but he is not him. Um, moving on. Moving on. Um, this also has a, a, a moderately successful uh, app a mobile game called Rhino Ball. Yes, I remember that, and I remember the toys at um, McDonald's. Yes. I mean, they did it all, right? It was yeah, it's, it's, it's the whole Disney. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I think uh, I remember the toys for mittens. I don't remember the toys for bolts, but I remember looking at the mittens toys. I I I haven't seen this movie in like twelve years. Yeah, I do my quick post mortem on it. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed rewatching. Yeah, it. It was exactly the movie I needed yesterday morning. Yeah. I woke up and had a rough morning yesterday, and this was like exactly the kind of happy-go-lucky movie I needed right at that time. Just be like, yeah, this is this is this is the mood change I need right now. Yeah, I was the same way. I watched it yesterday night, and I sat down, and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna watch the whole thing. I'll pause it, and then I'll I'll eat, and then I'll see how I feel. And I paused it right when I felt like it. And I was like, this is perfect. Made some food, watched it. It was exactly what I wanted. Good a little movie. popcorn movie. And uh, I think that's about it. And Jenny, last thoughts? Stuart, any last thoughts on Bolt? 
Um, just uh, dog should die. I think we had a pretty rousing discussion, a pretty bolting discussion about this movie. Yeah, I would. I mean, always good to know that Stuart has no moral compass. Yeah, as always. Yeah. And it Ange- was a pleasure. Thank you for having Ange, me. It was a pleasure to have you on. It's nice to have a guest come I, in with a lot I, of context of their own. Yeah, I would like to point out that you uh, you helped get me one of my first big film jobs when I talked to you. Oh, yes. And you, I was booked on this on July, and it was an hour before you booked me, or you said, I will help you get onto your show. So this this is my oh, my thank you for giving me a start yeah, in the film the industry. The pipeline to Ange coming on to this um, was... I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll hire you on this thing. And she's like, I will do any episode of your podcast. And I'm like, no, no, no. You said, do you want to be on the podcast? Uh, and I was like, is Hairspray open? You said no. And I said, what animated movie do you have? Bolt. I'll happily do Bolt. It'll be in January. January is so far away. I'll never make it that long. Sounds good. And then you said, would you want to work on the show we work on? And I said, yes. Yeah. So uh, thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure. Thank you for it's a pleasure me. to work with you. It's a pleasure to have you on. Yeah. You came prepared. Great guest. Bring me, bring me anytime. Oh, you will be back. You will be back. Yeah, for The Mummy, which I've never seen. You'll be back for an episode that's coming very soon. Everyone's coming back for that one. Stuart is dying inside as I say this because he knows it's going to be so much work for him. Um, anyway. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Uh, pop to our Reddit, r slash Travolting. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram, at TravoltingPod. Email us, TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter, at Jeff W. Sweeney. Um, you can find me on Instagram, at StuartL195. And I, anything you want to plug? I already plugged my Instagram, telling people who think Bolt should die to block me. Yes. So <laughs> you can find, go back. Uh, I am a gardener art on Instagram. Yes. Hashtag Bolt should die. And as always, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for graphic design, Nicole Johnson for our social media, and Michael Van Bodegum Smith for our theme music that is taking you out. And there will be some special surprises with that coming soon. Bye, folks. Thank you.